Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. So what we're going to talk about today is going to be a little bit more focused around reversing chronic diseases, things such as type 2 diabetes, pre-diabetes, um, coronary heart disease, hypertension, high triglycerides, high cholesterol, all that type of stuff. The reason being is recently with the launch of the Chroma Health System um, here at our company, the B2T Method, we have definitely kind of switched our uh, customer base, if you will more towards helping people that do suffer with these chronic diseases um, versus just focusing on losing weight, all right? So the, the reason we did this was because we wanted to really focus on um, what is the ultimate issue in the health of people that are coming in our door, right? And what we kept seeing over and over again were people who did have weight loss in the front of their mind, like I wanted to lose you know, 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 40 pounds. So even though that goal was front of mind, a lot of the times what we started seeing again and again and kind of a repetitive nature was we started seeing people come into coach with us that were being flagged on lab work as pre-diabetic or they haven't been able to lose weight. So we recommended them go to their GP or uh, next door to us. We have a awesome medical facility called HerMD uh, if, if they were women. So they would go next door and they would get some lab work done or they would go to their GP and get lab work done. Um, and then what the lab work was commonly reflecting was there were some things in the way, if you will, that were impeding their ability to lose weight, maybe like they once uh, used to be able to, especially if they had tried to lose weight before and then again, the weight back. And then now simply it just wasn't coming off as easily. So what we wanted to do was take some of the stories and some of the struggles that a lot of these clients have dealt with uh, working with us to help reverse these diseases. And we wanted to kind of bring it to the forefront and really focus on helping that individual customer and that individual client versus just doing weight loss, even though a lot of the times weight loss will be a byproduct of reversing some of these diseases or um, some of these conditions. We wanted to really focus on helping people live a more vibrant and a more healthy life and definitely a longer life. There's a lot of medical research coming out right now that's focusing on um, improving lifespan, uh, health and longevity and vitality in general. But really the biggest difference is focusing on so much not in improving someone's health span, which is basically, or lifespan, excuse me. Lifespan would be kind of how long you live, right? Health span is going to be something a little bit more specific. It's going to be the quality of your life as you continue to live out your years. So the problem that we're seeing a lot of the times in, um, and again, I'm not faulting medical community. I'm not faulting any doctor. This is what they were trained to do. Um, I, I, I train a physician specifically right now that we had a long, good conversation about this. He's an ER physician, just kind of what they were taught in med school, right? So again, this is not a fault or, you know, you know, talking shit to any doctor or any medical professional. It's just simply what they're taught. But where I'm going with this is a lot of the times it's taught to improve lifespan, right? So may help someone live longer if they have a disease, you know, provide a pill or provide the, the accurate treatment in order to expand their lifespan, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. The problem with that is a lot of the times it doesn't encompass health span as much, which is the quality of that life. So even though we're living longer, a lot of the times we can have a lower quality of life into our older years, um, especially if we're suffering with a chronic disease, right? Or, um, or a condition. So that's kind of where the medical community is right now. And then this is just like anecdotal evidence just from what I've seen. But a lot of the medical research coming out now focusing on overall health and vitality is showing this, that there's different ways that you can approach somebody's health span versus lifespan and kind of work uh, together uh, in congruency in order to kind of help improve both, both, there we go, versus just focusing on one or the other. So that's kind of what I want to do this episode on today. And I'm going to try to keep it short. Like I said, the goal is to do two to three episodes a week for you guys moving forward. But I just posted a reel this morning, kind of talking a little bit more detail about why we 
uh, decided to change our customer base uh, here at the B2T method with the launch of our new Chroma Health system. And who is it really for, right? So this particular one, what we'll kind of cover in this series today, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, the main one, which is going to be type two diabetes and pre-diabetes diagnosis, a little bit of insulin resistance, high blood sugar, that type of stuff. And then my goal is hopefully down the road that we can kind of cover coronary heart disease and hypertension and some other stuff like that. So for the purpose of the episode today, again, we're going to focus on kind of diabetes. So when we see somebody come in um, that is having a little bit of an issue with losing weight and they haven't had recent lab work done or on the other side, they've had their lab work done, but um, you know, they were flagged as pre-diabetic or they have high blood sugar or they're type two diabetic. And they're just like, Oh my God, you know, this is, you know, it's like a devastating diagnosis. It can be a scary diagnosis. Um, and that's kind of what we're seeing come in the door because people are trying to find more natural holistic sources to reversing this disease. And right now, um, as it currently sits in the medical, in the medical community, excuse me, outside of just the recommended diet and exercise, right, which is not bad advice. But outside of that, there's not really a solution or a system in place that somebody could do or utilize in order to help reverse this in a relatively rapid way. Um, there are a couple medical researchers out there, and I know he catches a lot of shit to be blunt, but there is a doctor out there called Dr. Jason Fung, um, who has written a couple books. One's called The Obesity Code. One's called The Diabetic Code, The Diabetes Code. And they're pretty good books, but a lot of the times what he talks about in there, um, it's based on something called the carb insulin hypothesis, okay? And a lot of the times in the diabetic community, um, because of the high blood sugar, what it, what is talked about is, you know, avoiding carbs, a lower carb diet, right? You have to live a low carb lifestyle in order to truly be able to manage this disease, um, and be able to reverse it. If that is your goal, what we've seen, um, and not only our case study, but the, uh, the, uh, the clients, excuse me, that we've worked with, if that's not necessarily the case, now that doesn't mean that you can't eat a lower carb diet, right? But what we're seeing from um, some of the uh, the meta analysis coming out, Dr. Lane Norton talks about a, a couple of them. Dr. Kevin Hall has done a couple of research studies on it. Is it isn't necessarily the 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 low carb um, that's helping diabetics, right? A lot of the times it is, you know, the the generic caloric deficit, the energy balance equation. So eating in a in a deficit, uh, burning more calories than you intake, that type of thing that's helping whether it was from a low fat diet, a low carb diet, you know, keto diet, whatever, they've compared a bunch of different ones. The biggest thing that I kind of want to put out there for information for people now is about blood sugar itself. Okay. So when we eat carbohydrates, right? So, um, glucose is really kind of what we're focusing on. All right. When we eat glucose, um, it causes a physiological response in the body, uh, causes the body to release a hormone called insulin from our pancreas. And basically what insulin's job is, if you will think about like a storage. So if you think about kind of like Insulin's job is to store glucose in different lockers, if you will, in the body, right? So we can store it in muscle, it can be in our blood, we can store it in our liver as glycogen, and we can store it as fat, right? A couple of different things, but we're just going to focus on those three lockers, if you will. So when you are diagnosed with prediabetes or, di or diabetes type 2, what happens is you have um, chronically elevated high blood sugar, okay? So that's what that is. And basically the doctor is going to take your lab work and it's going to come back and the amount of sugar or glucose, if you will, in your blood is going to be higher than it should be by medical standards. The other diagnosis that they're going to use is they're going to run something called your hemoglobin A1C, all right, or HbA1c. What that is, is basically a three month average of the amount of glycation that's occurring to the hemoglobin in your blood. So basically um, a three month average of your blood sugar, if you will, or the glycation that's happening or the damage that's happening from excess sugar in the blood. And that falls on a scale. 
the higher that is on the scale, um, obviously that determines your diabetes diagnosis along with your blood sugar because your blood sugar will typically directly reflect your A1C. So those are the two tests that you're going to go through. And then what you're going to kind of find is typically if you are diagnosed with it in the medical community, they're going to recommend diet and exercise, and they're going to hand you this notorious quote unquote packet. Okay. This packet is going to contain really generic information and none of this bad information just about, um, how to eat, how to structure your diet, um, what exercises you can do, what are some hacks or benefits that you can do from the medical community, from, um, the ADA, the American diabetes association, some are from the world health organization, but different things that you can do within uh, your lifestyle to kind of help manage diabetes, right? But a lot of it isn't really geared towards reversing it, if you will. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today. So right now, if you're diagnosed with diabetes or you're worried you're pre-diabetic or your doctor's kind of told you you have high blood sugar, you're flirting with that line, what is happening is basically um, you have excess sugar in the blood. All right. So typically what's happening with diabetes is there's a disease that goes along with it. That's called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease or fatty liver disease, right? So you have two different kinds. You have, um, alcohol fatty liver disease, right? And then you have non-alcohol related. So what happens is basically you have what's called visceral fat, right? Visceral fat is what's in your central body cavity. It's the fat that's accumulated around the organs. Uh, and so what's happening is basically, to be really generic is your, your liver becomes clogged, if you will, with hepatic or liver fat, right? So what happens is the liver doesn't function as optimally as it should. So what happens with that fatty liver disease is typically, um, your body, uh, will start storing visceral fat in other places, right? Cause the liver becomes overwhelmed. So a lot of the times as you have this excess sugar, it has to be converted and removed from the bloodstream into, and put in one of those storage lockers we talked about your muscle, your fat, your liver. Well, if the liver's capped out, if you will, think about kind of like um, like a vault or like a locker just being stuffed. It has to be stored somewhere else, okay? So what's going to happen is uh, the liver's going to convert uh, that excess glucose into fat. And a lot of times it starts storing it around um, your visceral cavity, again, the central body cavity around your organs. The next thing that kind of falls victim is going to be your pancreas, okay? And your pancreas is what, uh, what produces insulin. So what happens is your uh, pancreas, again, just to be really generic, becomes clogged uh, with fat around it. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what you're seeing is now the pancreas can't function optimally. So what happens is even though the pancreas releases insulin as it gets kind of clogged and bogged down with uh, excess fat, what happens is insulin isn't produced at the same clip that it's, that it's been. And what happens is that whole process, you start developing something that's called insulin resistance. And the easiest way to kind of explain this, if you think about like a cocaine addict, okay, when a cocaine addict takes a hit of cocaine for the first time, you know, they have a really big high. And then what happens with most drug addicts, we're just using cocaine as an example, is they have to continually chase that high, right? To get, they continually have to take more and more and more to achieve the same effect, right? Kind of the same thing with insulin. So what happens is as the body gets used to chronically elevated insulin levels um, or hyperinsulinemia, uh, the body loses um, basically sensitivity to it, Right. So that's where the word insulin or the phrase insulin resistance comes in as you become more resistant to it. A lot like a drug addict becomes resistant to the drug. All right. So that's basically what's happening and the body can't use insulin effectively. And then the pancreas, uh, basically starts producing less and less and less of it. And then what happens is, uh, if you're kind of on the fence of being diabetic, you go into the doctor, they probably put you on metformin or some type of glucose regulating medication. They've upped your dose, say over four, six, eight months, you know, however long you've had it. And then you eventually go in. And my stepdad has been through this, so I've seen it happen firsthand. Basically, what you do is you go into the doctor and you run your lab work, pretty routine, comes back and you have high blood sugar. 
and you know you've been on metformin which is a glucose controlling medication that's commonly used in the medical community along with a couple other ones but that's really kind of the big one and basically what happens is you're just like oh my god this doesn't make any sense because I've been on medication and I don't understand why I have high blood sugar. My medication, metformin, if you will, is supposed to regulate it, okay? But what has ended up happening is over time, it hasn't addressed the etiology or the source of the problem, right? Which is that hepatic fat, the pancreatic fat that starts um, building up the excess visceral fat and the insulin resistance, right? We've just kind of fixed the blood sugar problem. So what ends up happening is then they have to put you on insulin because now your pancreas, for lack of a better description, is kind of crapped out on you and it's not producing insulin at the same clip that it needs to in order to regulate your blood sugar. Okay. So when that happens, then they, then that happens, you know, they put you on insulin in an insulin injection or, or whatever you so choose. So that's basically what happens. Um, kind of, again, a really simplified version of when you're diagnosed with diabetes. Now let's talk about ways that we can reverse it. All right. In order to you know keep this episode kind of short. One of the biggest things that we've seen from progress from clients is when they come in, yeah, we do a lot of the times kind of mitigate their carbohydrate consumption right off the bat. The reason being is we kind of want to make sure that we're mitigating that uh, excess glucose going into the body. But what you have to understand is um, we have to basically remove, when I will say remove, we have to reduce the amount of blood sugar and we have to kind of address the hyperinsulinemia. Okay. So uh, in, in congruency with working with your, your medical professional, again, if you are diagnosed, you definitely don't just want to just stop everything and do it on your own. Definitely wouldn't recommend that. But what you kind of want to see is there are some things you can do in order to kind of help lower your blood sugar and what we call blunting or lowering a glucose curve. There's a really good book out there called The Glucose Revolution. If you want to uh, pick that up and read it, some really good hacks in there that we use with clients too, and we've seen a lot of success with it. So what you want to do is basically think about your blood sugar as a curve, right? So when you wake up in the morning, a lot of the times when we eat and we cause dysregulated sugar, we kind of have a roller coaster effect going on. We kind of have an up and down glucose curve. So we have a spike and then we drop, we have a spike and then we drop. What we want to do is kind of over time, we want to flatten that. So instead of kind of a roller coaster, it looks a little bit more like a rolling hill, right? From the beginning of the day when we wake up to when we go to bed at night. That's what we kind of want to do with our diet. And the way we do that is we have to kind of mitigate the food that we consume that causes sugar spikes, right? So as we mitigate that, you know, day after day, week after week, month after month, flattening that glucose curve over time, what we start seeing is the excess glucose can start, you know, being utilized by the body for fuel. And then what we want to pair with that is basically um, some fasting windows. And we use fasting with a lot of our clients that are dealing with diabetes, right? And again, in congruency with your medical professional, you definitely want to run this by them because obviously we don't want you to experience, um, hypoglycemia and fallout or anything, which is, you know, obviously dangerously low blood sugar levels. It, it just depends on your sensitivity and how you respond and all kinds of other factors. But what we've been able to see is really basically programming in fasting windows has been an effective way because when we're fasting, right, we kind of switch to, if you want to call it a fat burning mode, but basically what it does is it kind of reverses the process. It gets the body to use stored food energy in the form of fat, uh, in this case, uh, visceral fat and fat around the organs, um, and even, um, fat around, you know, your arms and legs and stuff like that. But what we're kind of focusing on really is visceral fat, fat in our central body cavity. So what we want to do is get the body to kind of use that fat for energy. That's kind of where fasting comes in. So what you're able to do is kind of switch in an insulin low state, cause we're not really eating and force the body to use that excess stored energy to function. Okay. And if we can do that in a bigger window than we can in a feeding window when we're eating, basically for, you know, again, to be generic and keep it simple, 
we're kind of burning more fat every day um, or using more stored food energy than we are consuming it, all right? And if we do that over a prolonged period of time, we're able to kind of see a reduction in waist circumference and we're able to kind of see that visceral fat kind of start getting used because as far as hepatic fat, and I mean, your body doesn't like to have this fat around the organs, okay? So you can, I mean, in a survival mechanism, again, we are, you know, we've been around for tens of thousands of years, right? So the body doesn't enjoy this. So the body will actually burn that fat relatively quickly if things are doing, uh, things are done the correct way. And then what we want to do and paired with that with the diet is we want to make sure that we're mitigating the excess glucose that we're putting into the body, at least for a brief period of time. We also want to monitor some saturated fat content. There's a lot of research coming out about saturated fat in general. So we kind of want to make sure that we're having um, a relatively healthy fat diet. Okay. And then we want to make sure we're mitigating saturated fat, trans fats. We kind of want to play with the carbs a little bit. This is going to depend per uh, client. And, and like I said on you, you know, some, somebody may feel great on 50 grams of carbs. Somebody may feel great on hundred grams of carbs. It kind of just depends. And that's kind of where a coach comes in. So it's really important when you structure your diet to kind of go in and address this. And this can be, you know, a two month or three month thing. The biggest thing that I want you to understand when you're trying to reverse type two diabetes, or you're trying to manage it or whatever your goal is with it is your, your A1C remember is a three month average of your blood sugar. So when we're looking at this, we have to really start thinking in three-month increments, all right? So it depends on where your A1C is on the scale. If you're pre-diabetic, three to six months could be, as with really focused effort, you can definitely, we have seen it here with our clients within our company using the Chroma Health system. We have been able to reverse people that are pre-diabetic. Again, it just depends where you fall in the A1C. If you're a little bit higher on the scale and you're more type 2 diabetic, and then you're up towards you know the 7s, the 8s, the 9s on the A1C, it may take a little longer. It may take six to 12 months. Okay. But that's kind of what I want to give a caveat to is make sure that you're not expecting it to be completely flipped overnight. All right. Cause we're not really going to truly know the effect of the protocol or the program or your diet until you go back in and you get your A1C drawn again. Cause again, it's a three month average. So that kind of leads me to the next thing with diabetes. Okay. Is a lot of the times if you are diagnosed with pre-diabetes or type two diabetes, your insurance is kind of going to be a little wonky with how often it covers your lab work. Okay. So the best solution that we found for this, if you want to test your lab work every three months, is there's a company called Life Extensions that I've used multiple times with clients. Um, it's online. Basically, they partner with LabCorp, uh, any lab test now, and some other companies. You can go onto this website. It's lifeextension.com. You can go in and order an array of different panels um, for you. But what you want to do, you're going to have to pay out of pocket. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, you're going to have to pay with your card or you know whatever you want to use. But you're going to pay for it. It's going to print out an email or it's going to email you, excuse me, a list of the lab work that you purchased. What you're going to do is you're going to print that out. You're going to take it into LabCorp or any lab test now, whatever, and you're going to, have to pay the lab fee. Okay. Depending on the lab test, how many you want done, it's going to range anywhere between $200 and $300. Um, however, if you actually want that data and your insurance isn't going to cover it, and your doctor's kind of, you know, handcuffed to where they can't order it yet because it's not covered, it is a really good resource to be able to use. The other thing that I want to uh, make it known to people, if you are dealing with this disease and it's kind of a hot topic right now in the diabetic community and weight loss community, is something called a constant glucose monitor or a CGM. All right. CGMs are super, super useful. Um, the clients that we've been able to reverse their diabetes diagnose, uh, diagnosis in a very relatively short time frame have all used CGMs. The reason they're so important, what it is, is uh, it's basically a embedded sensor that uh, you stick in. It's kind of like a staple, if you will, not to use it again, really simple example, 
but you you put it into your arm, your you know your leg or wherever you want to put it, and it's a little small sensor that has a patch and a cover, so you don't you know tear it out or bump it or anything. And what it does is it monitors your constant sugar levels. Okay, the reason this is so effective with dieting is because a lot of the times you can learn in real time what food you're consuming or what you're drinking or your daily habits that are causing glucose spikes. And if you remember back to what I talked about flattening your glucose curve, it's a very useful tool to utilize in order to make sure that your glucose curve stays as flat as possible. And again, pure anecdotal evidence, the clients that we have seen that use CGMs have seen a, a pretty rapid reversal of their diagnosis because it's constant monitoring. What do they go out to eat? They're on vacation or they're cooking food or whatever it may be. They can see real life data and feedback in real time. Okay, they don't have to wait three months. Now, granted, they're still going to get their lab work done in three months to double check, but they're getting real feedback every day and within a relatively short time of what their blood sugar is doing when they wake up, when they go to sleep. And then for us as coaches, it really, really is a powerful tool because we can use it to help mitigate. We can kind of make instant changes and adjust on the fly to where we can kind of make sure we flatten that glucose curve over a longer period of time. And then we're able to basically allow the body to use this stored visceral fat energy. And we're able to kind of reverse that because all really reversing diabetes is, and again, this is a very oversimplified example, but if you think about, you start accruing fat around the liver, you start suffering from non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, the liver exports or the body exports that fat to somewhere else because the liver's capped out, that locker is full. It starts storing it around the pancreas. And then we start storing excess fat. Once that's capped out, the pancreas, you know, kind of craps out on us and we have more visceral fat. What we basically want to do is reverse it. So we want to pull the fat from obviously the body cavity. We want to pull the fat from the pancreas. We want to pull the fat from the liver. So you just basically want to reverse the process. Okay. And that's where the kind of the time horizon comes in. That can take time, but that's really the key to understanding diabetes and or pre-diabetes diagnosis, high blood sugar, whatever it may be and understanding how to reverse it. I, I really wanted to do this episode because we've seen real world anecdotal evidence with people where we've been able to reverse their diseases. And I, I, I hope that between the CGM, understanding like life extension, understanding your lab work, understanding what it is, is going to give you uh, a sense of empowerment to understand that you can reverse it and you can do this. Okay. You don't have to live with this disease on average, just to throw out some stats for you. And if you want to send this episode to somebody that you love or a family member, friend that is suffering with diabetes or is scared about it, by all means, a couple stats for you that, that are kind of pretty freaky. According to the ADA, the American Diabetes Association, the average diabetic, and this is like typically out-of-pocket expenses, it's more for insurance, the average diabetic will accrue around $11,882 a year in added medical expenses. That sounds like a lot, right? Over a year, and it's even more if you counted what the insurance pays. Now, the issue with this is typically over time, the longer you live with diabetes, you start experiencing other health conditions. So typically like 30, 39.2% um, will suffer of uh, diabetics will suffer from kidney disease. Uh, Liz worked at a renal doctor's office and she could, I mean, if you asked her, she would say it with confidence about 98% of them, if not more had diabetes. So a lot of the times what starts happening is that excess sugar in the blood, if not treated or reversed, um, that, that excess sugar starts causing cells to die. The cells become saturated. And what happens is glycation occurs, which is damage from extra glucose. It, it basically damages our cells. And over time, what happens is the smaller things start going first. So like small arterioles and vessels and stuff in the kidneys, uh, vision, things like that brain function, uh, Alzheimer starts developing neural connections in the brain starts suffering. Um, neuropathy starts happening. So nerves start dying. And that's why you hear diabetics. A lot of times will have to deal with amputations around 68% of the amputations last year in the United States came from diabetics. It's a big number. 
So that's kind of where all the symptoms come from. Okay. So again, those are some kind of scary stats, but this is a disease that need that everybody needs to understand you can reverse. It's just simply how long is the time horizon that it's going to take to reverse it. All right. And again, here at the BTT method and with the Chroma Health system, we have successfully reversed clients that have suffered for these diseases. And I just want to put that out there again, anecdotal evidence. Um, we did have some success in our eight week case study before we launched the system, but I wanted to really make people aware of it and put it out there in the market that like, you do not have to live with this. All right. It's just a simple matter of, are you willing to do the work that's required? And then are you willing to have the patience to go through the appropriate time horizon to reverse your A1C? Because if you're type two diabetic and you have an A1C of like a seven or eight, you're not going to fix it in three months. All right. I'm sure there may be some case study out there, especially from Dr. Fung's lab, where they've been able to do some miraculous things. But that's like a metabolic ward. They control what you eat. You live there. It's a little bit impractical for the everyday person. So to do it every day, you just need to have the patience. All right. But I want you to know that it is reversible. So again, I hope that helped. I hope this episode had a lot of useful information for everyone kind of explaining what diabetes was, what you can do to kind of start reversing the process, what you can focus on, what you can talk to your doctor about, um, and really instill a sense of hope in people. So again, this is going to kind of be the first episode in a series that I'm going to do with you guys. And as we kind of deal with more and more clients that are suffering from different diseases, this is what I want to kind of do as far as a little mini series for you all. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out, feel free to leave a review on this episode. We would greatly appreciate it. Send it, share it to people that you and your family, friends and loved ones. If you find value from it, we would appreciate a share. You can tag us. And again, we appreciate the support and I hope it was helpful. I'll see you guys next.